Parshas Chayesara is read in a number of years, as is this year on Shabbos Mavarchim Chaydish Kislev. Based on what it's known that the Parshas of the week always have a connection to the time in which they are being read, it's understood that the Parsha in the Parsha there are hints for the ideas of Chaydish Kislev. The special toich and the special content of any Chaydish, with which it's unique from all other months, is most of, in most cases connected with the special days, the Yamim Toivim and so on, of that particular month. Similar to what we find, because they have an influence, they impact the whole month. This is similar to what we find clearly in regards to Chodesh Adar, that because of the days of Purim in that month, so this is why the whole month is transformed into a month of Simcha and Yom Tov. From this we also understand in our case that the point of Chaydish Kislev is connected with the Yom Tov of Chanukah, which starts on the 25th day of Kislev. And we actually find a hint for the nace of Chanukah in Parshas Chayesara. Chanukah, as we know, was established for the miracle of the jug of oil, that they only found one jug of oil. It only had enough oil to burn for one day, and a miracle happened, and they were able to light the menorah from this jug of oil for eight days. This kind of miracle we also find by Sora and Rivka, as Chazal say on the Pasuk, in the Parsha, Vayivieha Yitzchak HaOyelo, Sora Imoy, that Yitzchak brings Rivka into the tent of his mother Sora. So Chazal tell us that one of the things that happened was that the Neir Shabbos, the Shabbos candle that they lit, would burn from Friday night till the next Friday night. Nevertheless, says the Rebbe, Especially since we know that for the miracle of Hanukkah, because of this amazing miracle that happened, we made a special Yom Tif. So clearly there's going to be a difference between the Neis Hanukkah, that there's a much greater Chiddush in the Neis Hanukkah, compared to the Neis of the candles of Sarah and Rivka. The Rebbe says it's difficult to say that the Milo, that the advantage is only in the fact that the jug of oil of Hanukkah, that only had enough for one day, so that jug lasted for eight days, whereas the Neiris of Sarah and Rivka miraculously burned only seven days, or just about seven days, close to seven full days, because that wouldn't be such a difference in the very essence and the quality of the miracle. It's more a difference only in the quantity, how long the miracle lasted. So we must say there's a bigger, a more significant difference. The Rebbe says, generally the miracle of Hanukkah is usually explained in two ways. So one way is that in a miraculous way, there was more in the quantity of the oil. That means that there was enough in the oil for all eight days. This itself is broken down or explained in two possible ways. Either that the jug was refilled every single day, that means after the menorah was filled with the oil, then it was miraculously refilled. Or that every single day when they came to light the menorah, to clean the menorah, they found that the candle lamps were still full of oil. So again, it was refilled, the oil refilled in the lamp itself. As two, these two ways discussed in the Beis Yosef. But this is all still one general way that is a matter of the quantity of the oil that increased. Another way of looking at the miracle, and again, we'll see this could also be broken down in two ways that it was more about the quality of the oil. In other words, the same amount of oil that Alpiteva, according to nature, should have been enough to burn only for one day, that same amount burned for eight days. 
which means that every single day only an eighth of the oil was used up, an eighth of the oil of the jug, as the Beis Yosef says, and again, here we're going to see it in two ways. The Beis Yosef says that they originally, one way of understanding it is they originally divided the oil in the jug into eight parts, and every single night they only poured in one-eighth of the oil. Uh, another way of looking at it is, or another way how, how it happened, but it's again still looking at the quality of the oil, the Prechadish explains that the first night they actually did pour in the whole oil into the menorah. But every night, only an eighth of the oil burnt out. Says the Rebbe, according to this L'cha'ayra, the this idea, in other words, to figure out whether or how, if Neis Chanukah is in the same category of miracle as the Neiris of Sarah and Rivka, might be dependent now on these two ways of looking at the miracle. According to the second way of looking at the miracle, meaning that it was more about the quality of the oil, that the same amount of oil that should have burnt one day, burnt eight days, so then you would say that the miracle by Sarah and Rivka is generally in the same category of a miracle. In other words, it's both about how long this oil is able to last for. The candles, the lamps, lasted for longer than the natural amount. Then the difference between Hanukkah and Sarah and Rivka would be that by Hanukkah, it was a, it burnt for longer. Here it was seven days and here it was for eight days. As well as that by Hanukkah, every single day, there was a new miracle. Because every single day they needed to light the menorah, whereas by Sarah and Rivka it was one stretch of seven days. So that's all, if we look at it, that by Hanukkah it was about the quality of the oil that suddenly became much more, much stronger, more potent, and that lasted longer, a greater quality of oil. Whereas if we look at it in the first way, that it was about the quantity of oil suddenly increased, then we would say that the miracle of Hanukkah is a totally different category. Because we're speaking about oil being created in a miraculous way, more oil, which this is something that we totally don't find by the candles of Sarah and Rivka. But, says the Rebbe, the truth of the matter is, even this case, we still would say that the, I, this miracle, the way it happened by Hanukkah, is still not absolutely unique. It's still not a chidush. Because this kind of miracle we also find earlier, explicit in Torah Shemeksav, in Novi, in the Nevi'im. And this is in the story with Elisha, where he tells the woman to, that she has, she says she has a little bit of oil, and then he tells her to bring vessels, and that little bit of oil keeps on increasing, increasing, increasing. So again, it's not an, the, then the miracle of Hanukkah again is, to, is not completely, completely unique. So in this Sicha, the Rebbe is going to be looking at what's the uniqueness of the miracle of Hanukkah. But first, the Rebbe says, really, in both ways, how we explain the miracle of Hanukkah, whether it is about the quantity of oil increased, or that the quality became a totally different type of oil, in each one of these ways, there seems to be a little bit of a problem. That is, according to the way that the quantity of the oil is increasing, so there's a famous question that's asked on this. How could we use, for the lamps of the Beis HaMikdash, how could we use oil of a miracle? The Pasuk says Shemin Zayus, that it has to be olive oil to be Lahaloi Snare Tomid. But this oil that's suddenly increasing, new oil, is clearly not olive oil. This is miracle oil. 
So the only thing you'll be able to answer on that is that when the Torah says Shemen Zayis, it doesn't necessarily mean that the oil was actually squeezed from an olive, but rather it's oil that has all of the characteristics of olive oil, that it's a bright light, etc., etc. So that's, but, but still, as we can see, there's a problem with this way of learning that the oil suddenly increased with a miracle. It's not natural, it's not, it's not olive oil. The Rebbe says, according to the way that it was the echos, that it was the quality of the oil that changed. And therefore, every single night, an eighth of the oil, as we said, was burning out. So here too we have a problem. And that is, the halacha by the menorah is, that we need to put in the amount of oil that needs to be put into the menorah, is the amount that should burn from the evening until the morning, which the Chachamim evaluated as a half a lug. In addition to the idea that generally, a klishores, the kalim used in the Beis HaMikdash, needed to be full. This can be also understood from a din, that the klishores, in order to become holy, originally sanctified, is only if they were filled with what needed to be going inside. But according to the way we explained that every day an eighth of the oil was burning out, so what's happening is, only on the first day, you're going to have a full cup of oil, and Every, the second day and onwards, you're not going to be makayim, this idea of giving the full measure of how much oil it needs to have. And furthermore, the lamps, as we said, are not filled with that shear that, that actually needs to be there for this mitzvah. To, or the Rebbe says, you could also say a problem the other way around. That really, every single day, you're actually having extra oil. That means, besides the last day when there's only one little bit of oil that's going to burn that night, technically speaking, if we should look at it based on practically how much oil is going to be used because of this miracle, there really, there's much more oil that you need. Because the first night, you have eight times as much oil as you need, because there's still going to be enough oil left there for the next seven days. And the seventh, and the second day, you're going to have seven times as much. So finally, the eighth day is there. Finally, the day where you have the exact oil that you need. So either way you look at it, there seems to be a problem. Based on all of this, the Rebbe says, via Shloimar, a third way of looking at the miracle of Hanukkah, in which we won't have the above-mentioned questions. And according to this way, it will also come out that yes, in the Neis Hanukkah, there's a complete chidush, a novelty in the way the candles were burning, that we don't find anything Similar to it, again, not by the nace of Elisha, and not by the nace of Sarah and Rivka. So the Rebbe says, as we brought earlier from the base Yosef, by the nace Hanukkah, according to one way of looking at it, the nace Hanukkah consisted of the fact that they had put in all the oil into the lamps, and in the morning they found that the lamps were filled with oil. So before, the way we understood it was, and the way it's usually understood is that the oil refilled. But the Rebbe now has another way of looking at it. The Rebbe Pshat says, not the Pshat, that the oil had burnt out. And then, in a miraculous way, they were refilled with the oil, which we then said is a problem because it's miraculous oil, rather than natural olive oil. Rather, the Rebbe says, the oil burnt. And at the very same time as it was burning, there was nothing missing from the oil. So it's not that it burnt out and then refilled. As it was burning, it wasn't burning out. As Chazal say generally, regarding regarding the fire of above, and this is in the context, the Chazal say this in regards to the burning bush, 
where Moshe Rabbeinu saw the, the bush being burnt and not being consumed. So Chazal say that Eishalamayla, Soirefes, it burns and doesn't consume. So the Rebbe is saying a similar thing is happening over here. The oil was burning and at the same time not being consumed, not being finished off. The Rebbe says Lahoyer to point out that even if we should say that you could light the menorah with the oil of a miracle, because as we said before, that has the characteristics of Shemin's eyes of olive oil, but it's understood that the light of the menorah needs to be coming from the oil. In other words, and the, the way oil works, as we said, usually the way fire comes, the way light comes, needs to be that the oil is being consumed. So what's happening over here is that the miracle, you actually have two opposites, opposite things happening together. On the one end, you're saying there's a natural fire, a natural light of the candles, which is coming from oil, from olive oil, and therefore, what has to happen is that the oil should be being consumed. And at the very same time, as the fire is coming out of the oil, and it's coming from the oil, and yet there's nothing missing from the oil itself. So it's, the Rebbe calls it kiloy, and it's being consumed. Because it's the only way the fire can come out if you want a, na- a fire to come out from oil. And at the same time, it's not being consumed, both at the same time. The Rebbe refers to this, this is called what's known in Svarim as Nimna Hanim, hanim Noise, that the Abishta can make things that are completely two opposite things happening simultaneously exactly together. Similar to, we say about the Arain, the space of the Arain didn't take up space, wasn't, wasn't able to be measured. Here again, there's two opposites together happening. You have on the one hand the Arain itself, which needs to take up a very specific space. The Torah tells us it needs to be Amosayim, two Amos, Vachetzi, Arkoi, two and a half Amos, the length, etc., etc. And at the same time, you would measure the Kodesh HaKadoshim, it seemed like the Arin was not taking up any space. None of the space of the Arin was being counted in the space of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The Rebbe says, we'll take it a step deeper. When we speak about Mokim Arin Einim and Amido, it's not only that we're saying that the Arin has these two opposites together. It could be measured, and it's not measured both at the same time. It's much more than that, the Rebbe says. The only way it's Einim and Amida, the only way it's beyond space and beyond measurement, is because the Orin has a specific measurement. In other words, we're, we're following the measurements of the Torah. Because if the Orin would not have the measurements, the explicit measurements that say in the Torah, then it wouldn't have the Kedusha of the Orin, and then it wouldn't have the miracle of not taking up any space. So it's from being measured, that's the way it's beyond measurement. The Rebbe says the same thing by Neis Hanukkah, according to our explanation, the Rebbe's explanation. That the miracle is coming specifically from lighting the Neiris HaMikdash according to their proper halacha. And again, since the way the, neiris, the light of a menorah has to come naturally, according to the din of the Torah, and according to the way, the, 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 the way that the Shem and Zayis works, since it has to come from oil, and oil, the way it works is that it needs to be consumed by the fire, so again, what's happening is that the fact that they find that the lamps were filled with oil, and the fact that, and in other words, that none of the oil was missing, is happening specifically because they're using oil that has the characteristic that as it burns, it needs to be consumed. So against these two opposites, not only together, but one coming from the other, because they're using an oil that is being consumed, that's why it's not being consumed. The Rebbe now says that the connection of this particular miracle, this kind of miracle, specifically to Hanukkah, will be able to understand by first explaining these three, gen- the difference really between these three ways of how we look at the miracle. Again, 
Is it an addition in the quantity of the oil? Is it about suddenly the quality of the oil going up to a different kind of oil? Or is it these two opposites coming together, being consumed and not being consumed at, at the same time? What's the difference between these three, three ways, says the Rebbe? According to the first way, that again, we're speaking about that the quantity of the oil suddenly increased. So when is the miracle noticeable? It's only the first moment when, that, when the oil suddenly increases in a miraculous way. But then, for the next many hours as it's burning, it's now burning in a natural way. Yes, the first second was a miracle, but afterwards now we have oil that's burning naturally. And even though, of course, the miracle of that oil is very, very relevant to the fact that it's burning, because if not for this miraculous oil, we wouldn't be able to light these candles, these lamps in the Mesa Migdash. So clearly, yes, the actual fact that these candles are burning from this oil is definitely connected to a miracle, but the miracle is not noticeable in a clear way, in an open way, all the time. The best proof of this is if someone would not know where this oil is from, you just look at the menorah burning, you don't know that there's any miracle happening. If we look now the second way, that the, what happened is that the quality of the oil changed. In a miraculous way, that this, that, that the a little bit amount of oil could now burn for much longer than according to nature. So the Rebbe says, now when you look at the lamps, you look now, the, the miracle is noticeable later as well. In other words, as you're watching the menorah burn, you see that it's burning at a much slower pace than oil should be burning. But again, says the Rebbe, nevertheless, it's only that the chidush of the miracle could be seen at the time when the, mir- when, the, when the oil is burning. But the miracle itself, when did it actually happen? It's not as if the miracle has to be happening now every single second. The miracle happened the first moment when Hashem changed the nature of the soil, increased the quality, the power, the energy of this oil, the potency of the soil, that now it's going to be working on a much, in, a, in a much more efficient way, let's call it. But then the Rebbe says, when we look at the third way how he explained it, this idea of nimna is these two things happening simultaneously at the same time, on the one hand it's being consumed, and at the same time it's not being consumed, and this is happening every single second, that means it's a miracle is, is, is being accomplished every single moment, there's like a new miracle happening again and again. Says the Rebbe, these three ways... As every single thing in Torah are also expressed in Avoidus Adam in a person in person's service to Hashem. So first, the general difference between miracle and nature in Avoidus Adam. So we know that nature represents the Avoidah when a person is serving Hashem Apitam Vadas according to logic and reason. The Avoidah that's measured according to the person's nature, the person's metzias, how much he understands, how much he feels, etc. What is a miracle? A miracle represents the Avoidah of Kabola soil. Mesiras nefesh, going beyond logic and reason. In other words, and not taking our own desires into consideration, definitely not taking our nature, our understanding, our feelings into consideration. We're just doing what Hashem wants, all the way to the extent of mesiras nefesh. That's the idea. The symbol it's the idea of a nace higher than nature. Now, although of course every avoid always has to be based on kabbalah soil and mesiras nefesh. As Chazal say, we need to first accept upon ourselves the yoke of Hashem, and then we accept upon ourselves the yoke of mitzvahs, because a nivra, created being, could never rely only on his seichel, on his logic and his feelings, because 
it's not always going to lead him to do exactly what Hashem wants. And therefore, even when we're doing avoid according to logic and reason, Tam Vadas, it always needs to be based on Kabbalah's oil Malchusay Yisbarich. Nevertheless, within this itself, there can be a number of different ways. And this is we're gonna we're gonna get to now, seeing how it's gonna be similar to the three points that we mentioned before. So one way is that that feeling of Kabbalah soil Mesiras Nefesh, in other words, the nace that's higher than Teva, is only at the beginning of the day. At the time when one says Shema, the idea of Shema is as we just quoted before, to be Makabal Malchus Shemayim. And as the Al-Terebbe tells us in Tanya, that it's to be, this is the time where we're accepting Malchus Shemayim with Mesiras Nefesh. So that's the time of Kriyashma, but then the rest of the day, we are serving the Abishta more with our regular koiches, alpitam vadas, with regular logic and reason, etc. And even though, of course, that feeling of Kabbalah, soil Mesidas Nevish at the beginning of the day needs to have an impact on the rest of the day as well, that even when you're serving with tam vadas throughout the day, it should be always in accordance with the Hashem's will. Nevertheless, says the Rebbe, the Kabbalah, soil Mesidas Nevish itself, that nays, is more in a concealed way the rest of the day. In other words, what are you involved in the rest of the day? What are you mainly doing is more the avoid al-pitam vadas. So that's all way number one. Like we said, like the miracle happening at the first moment, but later you don't, the miracle is not necessarily noticeable. A second way is that the feeling of Kabbalah, Sayyidim, in the beginning of the day is shining in an open and revealed way in the avoid throughout the rest of the day so that it's completely, permanently set in his heart all the time, day and night, never moving away from his memory, constantly on his mind. However, even in this way, it still doesn't necessarily mean that he's constantly standing in a tenue, in a motion, and he's involved in the avoid of Mesidas Nefesh. It's only that in his avoid of the rest of the day, in that avoid is constantly shining, and he's feeling, he's remembering the Mesidas Nefesh of Kriyashma. And that helps him in his avoid of Torah and Mitzvahs, because that, the avoid of Torah and Mitzvah, that's his main avoid throughout the rest of the day. So again, this is going to be more similar to the second idea, where we spoke about the miracle that could be technically noticeable throughout the day as well. You see later on also that the oil is burning in a miraculous way. But finally comes way number three. That the whole day constantly is standing in a tenu and emotion of Mesiras Nefesh, completely involved in the avoid of Mesiras Nefesh. And therefore the avoidant the whole day is completely in accordance with this tenuah of Mesiras Nefesh. This is similar to what Rabbi Akiva said. Kol my whole life I was having pain and wondering and waiting, when will I have an opportunity to have this inyan of Mesiras Nefesh? In other words, his whole life he's standing in a tenuah, in this way, in this mode of Mesiras Nefesh, not only by Kriyashma, but Kol Yomai, my whole life, in every single thing he's doing, he's constantly feeling this Mesiras Nefesh. And again, this will be connected to the way that Rebbe explained the third way, that that miracle is not only impacting the rest of the day, but it's that the miracle is noticeable every single second. Says the Rebbe, these three general ways are really dependent on the general spiritual state of where one finds themselves. The Rebbe says, when things were going well, when the years, when uh, were, were, things were good, for, generally speaking, the Oira Kedusha is shining in the world in a revealed way. Or in more particular way, in Avoida, this would be more like the general Avoida of Tzadikim. But when things are generally going good and godliness is shining, so then the Mesiras Nefesh is mainly just in the beginning of the day. 
That means since it's not dark, there's no problems. So even this impact, the impression of the Mesiras Nefesh is enough to make sure that the later Avoidah, Pitam Vadas, is proper, is being done properly. However, when there's a situation about Choy Shechichas, when there's a darkness in the world, a state of Golos, that it's not enough the Tenu of Mesiras Nefesh in the beginning of the day. And then later you just have, you're under the impression of the Mesiras Nefesh, meaning it's more concealed. Rather, then you need the feeling of Mesiras Nefesh to be felt in an open way throughout the day as well. And that's the only way you can overcome the darkness. But within this itself, we have now two stages or two ways. The first way is, when the darkness of the world is covering over godliness, but it's only as much as the world, which is called oilam, the word oilam, as we know, is from the same shaydish, the same word as helam concealment. In other words, just as much as the world naturally conceals on the light of Kedusha. If that's the situation, since that's basically the way nature is set up, Teva is set up, so then the main avoid of the person is again still avoid shalpitam vadas. He's working with his nature, the nature of his nefeshalik is. It's only that in order to deal with the darkness and the concealment of the world, it shouldn't disturb the avoid of the yid. So he has to have the feeling of mesiras nefesh shining within him, also in a revealed way, the, the rest of the day. But it's not that he has to actually have the mesiras nefesh. Whereas when the darkness of the world gets even bigger, that it's mamish opposing completely the oil of Kedusha to the extent they have yidden that are nesunim, that are b'meitz arveshivya and distress and captivity in a situation that's completely blocking and holding back yidden from avoidus Hashem, then the main avoid of the yid needs to be to actually fight the darkness of the world, to completely crush and break the darkness and transform darkness into light. And in this avoid, what's needed is that you should understand in a constant motion of Mesiras Nefesh, on every step of the way, throughout the whole day. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the connection to Hanukkah, why specifically Hanukkah, we had this miracle, which we called Nimna Hanum Nois, where the Abish just making opposites happen together. A new miracle every single second. Because that was the avoid by Yidin then, in the spiritual sense. Because of the tremendous darkness of the times of Yavon, as we know that, as we say, that they were there, trying to make the Yidin forget Hashem's Torah, and remove them from Hashem's mitzvahs. What were the Yidin doing then? Standing in an open way with Mesiras Nefesh, standing the weak against the strong, etc., to fight against this darkness. This Tenuah of Mesiras Nefesh by Yidin achieved, that they're also drawing down from Hashem, a level that's higher than Ishtal Shlos. The Pasuk says, Vahavaye Yagiyah Choshki. So this explains, Vahavaya and Hashem will illuminate my darkness. That extra Vav represents a Gilui that's higher than Ishtal Shalos. That's the one that could actually completely illuminate and transform the darkness of the Golos. And this came down and was expressed in the miracle with the jug of the oil, which was there sealed with the seal of the Koyan Godel, which again represents a level that the Kalipis can't even get close to and touch. Because this is a level, again, coming from the essence of Hashem that's higher than all of Ishtal Shalos. And that's why it's specifically in this miracle that came about in a way that nature completely has no room over here, completely higher than Ishtashlis, the opposite's happening to, uh, simultaneously. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand the connection of all of this also to another Yomtev of Chedish Kislev, which is the Yomtev of Yutas Kislev, Rosh Hashanah Luchsidus. When we're holding by the darkness of Ikvus of the Meshicha, where the darkness gets bigger every single day, then we need to reveal the Shem and the oil of Torah, which is the Pneumius Torah, the secrets of the secrets of the Torah, the level of the Yechidah of Torah, which arouses and reveals the Yechidah of the Yid. 
And in a way of your Futsum and we spread the Chassidus to the outside, that these wellsprings should spread and completely come all the way to the outside. And Davka through this is accomplished this idea of Vahavaya Yagiachashki, where Hashem illuminates the darkness, that even from this sort of darkness, gets completely illuminated and transformed until it's fulfilled the promise of that the night will shine like the day, that the darkness of the colors will be transformed to light.